The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Ring, the most important show about boxing, with your host, David Diaz. Get ready for four rounds of sports talk in one hour, with an emphasis on boxing, both amateur and professional. Now, here's your host, former boxing great, David Diaz. Welcome, welcome everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Outside the Ring. I am your host, 1996 US Olympian and former WBC lightweight champion of the world, David Diaz. If you're into MMA or boxing or any other sport in general, you've tuned into the right place. Guys, uh, let me start off by saying that he's back by popular demand. Well, at least, at least only, only for, from one person, uh, his, uh, millions of tweets. Uh, people, followers, uh, were blowing up my tweet station telling, when is this guy coming back? So for the lone, for the one person who was, uh, tweeting me, the Tafoya Warrior, he's back. Here it is. Here he is. <laughs> Larry, Larry, what's up, brother? David, what's going on, man? Good to be back. I, uh, I appreciate you reaching out to me. I know, uh, I know that it's been difficult fielding all those calls of, of people trying to get me back on the show. Just been really busy, but I know today with, when you talk with your special guest who does a, um, who runs a lot of marathons and has a passion for that. I know you had asked me to participate because of my love for marathons. And, uh, you know, you know, I'm a big runner and, and constantly doing the marathon running because uh, I'm a marathon runner. Uh, so I appreciate you having me on. Well, that's, that's great that you've taken time out of your busy schedule of changing people's lives and, uh, gracing us here with your presence for, uh, the marathon, uh, running, uh, conversation. Yeah. But let's just, let me get started with what's going on here with the, in our city. Uh, man, guys, I wish I could just start off and say, hey, we took care of Philly, and uh, we're just waiting to see who we're going to take up next. But it's not the case. To give you a little quick uh, catch-up on everything that, that uh, that's happening, uh, everything seemed to be going good for the Bulls in the, in the first round. I mean, with their first game, uh, we were handling Philadelphia with no problem. With two minutes, uh, a couple of minutes left, we end up losing Derrick Rose for the entire uh, uh, playoffs. Uh, and then we go on to lose game two, then go to Philly, and we end up lo- losing Noah to a sprained ankle, which when he stepped on uh, the Philadelphia guard, Andre Iguodala, in the third quarter. Tips took him out, but uh, then he was complaining. He made a shot, but nothing nothing, um, nothing good. He, he actually he, he had to leave the game. And he was taken out for good. And we obviously ended up losing that one. Now, the Bulls have been playing them really, really good. Don't you think, Larry? They've been playing yeah, them real good. I definitely think so. I think uh, that first game was, was, was tough, man. That was uh, Losing rows like that was, was very difficult. Um, so, but on the Noah thing that you mentioned, 
you know, they they left Noah in for quite some time afterwards. He looked like he was really hurting on that play. I just don't know if that was the smart move, the the long term play to to keep him on the floor. What do you think? No, well, obviously not. I mean, but but then again, it goes to the character of the guy, man. Uh, right. Noah's a, Noah, Noah, Noah's the energy guy. He wants to be in there. He wants to be in your face. And like like I had said before, I understand Derrick Rose got a big uh, uh, injury and everything, but. You see Noah. Noah's right there on the bench with them, pumping them up. I honestly, I I felt that that's where Derrick Rose should have been as well. If you see him, he's there, fist pumping, clapping everybody. Now I know it's a different, different injury and all, but at least be there in, in the back of the bench, or you know, pumping your guys up. All you're doing is sitting down. I understand that he was able to walk down and 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 greet all the fans for game two. How come he didn't sit down with them, you know, and and pump them up? That's a good you know? point. I mean, uh, you know, he was sitting up by himself in the box and, right. um, you know, I think on, I think going to Philly, he couldn't go to Philly because I think he was too swollen in order to get on a plane or something. So that I understand that, you know, yeah, if there's a very, reason for very, it, but he was at very, the game. Yeah, very understandable for that. I was talking about game two. Game yeah. two, I kind of was like, man, you're, you're the leader of this team. You should be back there. Uh, cheering them on and, and, and telling them, hey, you guys got to pick this up. You got to do this, that. Like if you were in the game too, you know that. That's just my my opinion. Right. But then now we, I will we, say though that that so there's there's a school of thought out there right now, and I don't know that I disagree with it, but there's a school of thought out there that says, man, Coach Tibbs is making some bad moves. Of you know he he had I think we were up by 12 when Rose got hurt with uh, I don't know how much it was 90 seconds left or something. They had you know he left Noah in after he hurt his leg that bad for a while. Taj Gibson, same thing uh, the last game when he tweaked his ankle. So I mean I don't know. You think he's making the right decisions, pulling the right levers? I think he is. Like now, now with the Rose thing, you gotta understand. Rose has been out um, for for a long time. He hasn't been with the core players, so he. I I'm assuming that he wanted to finish off with the with 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 the first team with with everybody there and give more practice, real practice time uh, on the court as to whether as to just go out and and sit down and watch. I think he wanted to get the feel of of, of the game and then. And that he's been missing for a long time. Maybe that that was Rose. Uh, he wanted to do that. He wanted to get in there and do that. Yeah, but, but as a coach, know, you got to save these players from themselves, man. You can't. I mean, you got to play the smart play, or else you know you wouldn't need a coach, right? Right. I, I and I understand you. I, I understand what you're saying, Larry. Yeah, you pull them out. But on on Rose, on Rose, I really do think it was more of a Rose saying, "Hey, just leave me in here so I could get more." More and more rhythm, get back in sync with these guys, and get in there. You know, so that that's my thought. But then, you know, you know what happened? We go to uh, what was it? Uh, game game five. We're almost out, and and uh, the guy who's uh, the high uh, scoring guy is uh, Luol Deng with 24 points, 43 minutes, and the next one was Carlos Boozer with 19 points and 42. But the guy that was doing everything, man, all the little stuff that was producing all these other points and and the, the enthusiasm that um, I think uh, Noah brings was Todd Gibson. He was out there doing a lot, but he did put us into a little scare too. He yeah. ended up going, you know, limping off for for a while, but then he came back and you know we end up winning. We end up winning uh, uh, the game and uh, get to live, um, get to fight for another game actually, which is going to be tonight. So everybody out there, you guys got to get behind. Uh, these bulls watch it or or go if you're going to the um, the game thanks for inviting me 
And breaking news too, David. Uh, uh, Taj Gibson is going to play tonight, and Noah's a game time decision. So we'll see if, uh, oh, if both of goodness. them can play. Well, then there you go, guys. So we definitely got to be rooting them, uh, rooting them on. I don't know if you heard about this, man. Um, that uh, Michael Jordan and uh, and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan and uh, um, Orlando's uh, Magic uh, um, assistant Patrick Ewing will be interviewing for the Charlotte Bobcats head coaching job. Uh, it was reported by Yahoo. And the Bobcats are trying to set up a meeting, and um, they're we're only waiting for the Magic to finish off the Eastern Conference playoffs, and the Pacers took care of that. So uh, they're going to be sitting down, and maybe it looks like uh, they're going to be joining forces this time as a team because, you know, when they played, man, they went at it with each other, man. They, they had some good games. Uh, the Knicks and the Bulls were back back in the day. What don't you think, Le? Yeah, well... You know, I think uh, uh, Ewing was a great player. I've uh, I don't know that I've ever heard the guy talk, so I don't know how good of a of a coach he would be and a motivator. I just um, you know I guess everybody needs a shot, so we'll give, yeah. give him a shot and see what happens. But I think uh, uh, his competitive nature, I think, obviously will will come through to the team. And um, if if they can make it happen, then then you know I mean it's a crapshoot, but he might be good. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they were both competitors against each other, and they brought out the best when they played once uh, against each other, you know, with, with with their teams. So now they're going to be on the same team, and maybe they'll they'll be able to do kind of like the same chemistry, you know, um, uh, between them. You know, the Bobcats are the worst team, you know, and uh, so they, they one of ten. I think it was yeah. one of every ten games they won, right? Yeah, man, it was it was a bad one. Their percentage was. Uh, uh, I think it was point one oh six. You know, that was the winning percentage. So, so that's you know, a little math lesson for you, David. Point one oh six is is ten percent. Just ten percent, huh? Ten percent. One in ten. Oh wow! Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, you are changing people's lives, aren't you? Yeah, there's an educational yeah, program as well. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, listen, let me talk to you about the Cubbies, man. You know, uh, on Tuesday, Ryan Dester was has a total of four un- uh, earned runs. In five outings, but has no wins to show for it. So, you know, Tuesday game, he was, he had him, you know, one or nothing against the Atlanta Braves, uh, before turning it over to, uh, Kerry Wood, uh, to close it out. And, uh, Wood ended up losing up the game, giving up the go ahead runs. And, um, we ended up losing. But the thing was, the big hype was that, um, after, uh, he got pulled out or whatever, after all of that, he lost the game. He threw the um, the glove in the in the stands and uh, doing all this stuff, but I if I if I remember correctly, I thought we traded that guy, right? <laughs> Big Z. <laughs> yeah, I thought we traded Big Z. Yeah, you know, but you know you like to see, and I, and this this was the balance I, that I had to have with Zambrano too, is that you like to see somebody that has a passion for what they're doing. If they walk off smiling after they give up, you know what what Wood did. I mean, obviously you're gonna have a problem with the guy, but I don't like. I think he took the hat off and threw the hat, which to me is a little disrespect to the team. But the glove, so what? He was he was upset. Yeah. He threw it out in the crowd, and now he gets another one. Yeah. <laughs> And I believe a kid got it. I believe yeah, a kid and, got and it. I know he. So, I think he plays with an A two thousand, so that's a that's a pretty expensive souvenir. So <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, I don't know about those uh, mitts or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm messing. I'm messing around. I, I like Wood. I think he's awesome. So um, I um, they came back yesterday and they uh, they got it done with uh, one or nothing over the Braves. So throughout this whole week, they are four and three, still at the bottom. But we are definitely going to get out of there, man. You know, so that that's that's the plan. 
They're going to work at it and get out of there. So, you know, I got to talk about the White Sox, guys, because uh, we have some friends and uh, mm-hmm. family. <laughs> the White Sox, they are uh, three and five, and they're in third place, one behind Detroit, and uh, obviously three behind Cleveland, who's leading their uh, division. But, you know, for all of those, all of us, because I even wanted Jake Peavy to come to the, club, to the clubs, to the Cubs, I mean, last year he was a hardly a no-show, but this year he's uh, got a good record, man. He's got a good record. He's uh, 4-1 and one with uh, an ERA of uh, 1.8. So he's doing pretty good. And Adam Dunn is off to a great start as well with 10 home runs and 25 ribs. Um, that's a little info for the my Sox listeners. So hope Man, you guys we're getting enjoy. bad when we're talking about minor league baseball on the show. <laughs> well, anyway, I, real quick, I think I'm going to save this segment for, for later on. Um but um, I know we are going to be talking with a great personal friend of mine. Uh, he's uh, he's a really cool guy. He's uh, been uh, he was a, a boxer for a very long time, an amateur fighter. There's a um, pretty uh, good uh, background story to to this guy. He played a little ball in college. Uh, we'll be able to talk to him a little bit more. Uh, his name is Freddie Cuevas. He's going to be he's going to be joining us later on in the segment. So uh, we're going to go for a, a little commercial break. Stay tuned for the outcome. We'll be back where we'll be taking your calls. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. All right, all right, all right. This is a segment called The Outcome. Now, I, I told you, Larry, during the break that I was going to talk about it be, uh, later on, but you know what? Let's talk about it now because we were having a pretty good conversation about it. I don't know if you guys heard about Peterson Con Fight 2 uh, being canceled off due to that Peterson tested positive for synthetic testosterone, and it's a banned substance. Um, I got a lot of, I, I got some uh, questions through Twitter that they were asked, um, have you ever thought that anybody um, you fought was on a substance or, or took anything drugs? Like, to me personally, I never thought anybody I fought uh, was on something. I always thought that they came prepared to fight and did their, their, their best to do it, you know, the right way like I did. And we fought there um, great. And, and I never, never uh, thought anything of anybody cheating or anything like that, you know. So... My thing is that no, I, I never, I never thought anything was there. But Peterson uh, got tested. I mean, got got tested by Vada, and then it came out that he was uh, positive for for the testosterone, and that was with the sample A, which was the first one that was uh, positive. So then he waited till uh, uh, po- uh, sample B came out positive, where he came out and said, "Yeah, you know what? I took it a long time ago, and this and that." Which comes up to this, man, that Peterson was the one asking for the for 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 them to be tested. Now, if he took this stuff and he knew he took it, why would you do something like that? Is my question. Right. There's there's a couple of things at play. One is that that was prior to his last fight. So so now wait, they're wait. talking about stripping him. Well, there's, he's claiming to try to get out of this one that he did it in October before, uh, before his first, uh, fight in December. So now by him saying that and making that statement, oh, I took that a long time ago, what, what he's actually saying is like, oh, so you took it for the first fight. All right. Get it? So now uh, Khan and, and, and his people are going to go look into it so they can see if they could get a no contest and uh, they give the belts back to uh, uh, Khan. So to me, that's just all a big uh, um, uh, stuff. Why? Why would you do something like that? It's like uh, for asking for it if you knew you did it. But so, hey, is hey. there a big difference in your mind between what he did here and what Margarito did with the loaded gloves? Um, no, it's still cheating, dude. Right. Still cheating. Still cheating. Uh, regardless of how you do it or what you do, it's still cheating. So whatever he gets, whatever questions he gets, he gets stripped or whatever. Hey, he, he wanted it anyway, literally. <laughs> so, yep. you know, that's what it is. Well, guys, I, I want to talk to you now about the uh, Koto Mayweather. And uh, for me, it was well worth it, both uh, the uh, co-main and um, main event. Uh, well, well, I didn't actually pay for it. I, I went to my friend's house, uh, house Andy Bobby Mateos. He is a uh, Chicago police, and yes, he had some backup there uh, with uh, Detective Hippolito Velasquez and Officer Felix 
Quinones, which is actually my wife's cousin. So, yes, I had to be on good behavior there. And, you know, I was in a, all, a, a whole proto, pro-coto environment, uh, except for uh, Detective Velasquez. Uh, he had Floyd all the way. And, you know, she was like, um, you know, come on, bring on those jokes, David. Because I'm always talking about Puerto Ricans, so I gave her a smile. Like, wait till I get home. <laughs> wait till we get home. We're gonna we're gonna have a serious fight or talk about it. <laughs> but you know, um, I really want to say, uh, you know, to all the police officers and the firefighters, because I have family members also as well as firefighters. Uh, I want to say uh, to stay uh, safe out there. The summer's right around the corner, and it gets pretty crazy out here in the city, man. So um, you guys uh, take care. God bless. And uh, be careful out there. Um, well, let's start off uh, like we always do with the co-main event. And it was Moses uh, Mosley Vera, uh, Alvarez. What did you think about that one, Larry? So I told you well in advance, man, I think uh, Alvarez is the truth and he's going to come through uh, Mosley. <laughs> and, and so I got to say all the way I was, I was with uh, Alvarez. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know that was a lie. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought David he was. Blow, I thought he was blown out too much. You know, I thought he was uh, like they made him too big of a deal. But um, you know what, man, he looked good. Uh, I think Mosley's a shell of himself, but I think uh, that that Alvarez really put it on him. Yeah, and I, I think he did as well. I, I think he he did real good. Um, yeah, you're right. Mosley is not the same Mosley of old. Um, uh, obviously, his punching power has gone down. His speed has gone down. He, he's not that that um, agile anymore, and he even admitted it at the end of uh, of the fight. And and uh, um, you know, um, he 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 said it. You know, this sport is probably for the old guys. I mean, for the for the new guys, and it's time for me to do something else. So for me, it was good. But um, you know, I'm pretty sure that Golden Boy thought that this was going to be a good fight for Canelo in the sense that he was going to put Mosley out and that his stock was going to rise. But Mosley gave him a work. He made him. He made him work for for that recognition that he's going to get after be, beating Mosley. May not be as high as recognition that they thought they were going to get, but nonetheless, it's going to be one that that he beat Mosley, and he did beat him out throughout the throughout the throughout the fight. Um, there were some some good shots by by Mosley, which probably would have hurt uh, Canelo a while back, but you know he was walking right through it, and Mos and, and Canelo. Was landing some hard shots, man. Real hard shots. Yeah, he seems like he he always starts out really strong, and then he loses a lot. It seems to me that he loses a lot of power, you know, after like the fifth, sixth round. That he does, he's not really throwing much that's going to hurt somebody. Um, Alvarez, I'm talking about. Uh huh. You know, you, I mean, you, I've seen him a couple fights, and it just towards the end of the fight, he just looks like he's not tagging him with anything. It's he's he's throwing it and he's landing it, but it's just not not hurting. Yeah, well, I I kind of have to think it's it's um he seems like he's throwing like real good power shots, but I I end up uh, looking at his gloves and um I never fought with Grants and I never fought with winning I use them for sparring, but that's that's my my thing is that he's probably got bad hands man because he's using the gloves that are for fighters that protect their hands because they a little more padded. They, yeah, yeah, exactly. They get bruised easy or something happens. And if that's the case, I think, uh, uh, Alvarez should start looking into, um, who's wrapping his hands up. 
you know, because maybe that person with the well intentions, he probably has been with them since they started, but he probably doesn't have the great experience that other uh, great um, guys that that are out there that 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 wrap people's hands like Floyd Mayweather. You remember Floyd Mayweather back ago? He had um, a lot of trouble with his hands. Mm-hmm. He would come out, um, you know, after every fight, my 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 hand swollen. This is hurting. I couldn't throw this. But then um, I forget the the gentleman's name. He's the only uh, uh, Mexican guy in the in in his corner. And Miguel, and Miguel Diaz is that? No, 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 no. He's got somebody else. I forget his name. I was with his son in in, in the Philippines with uh, the late um um what's his name? Um, well, I, I forgot his name, but the the, the gentleman is is a is an experienced uh, hand uh, rapper guy, and and he does it real good. So maybe he should look into um, finding somebody to uh, to wrap his hands because honestly, those uh, grants. From what I've I've used before in in, in in just in the gym, they are padded and it, it, they're too bulky for me. I mean, if the guy that hits like that should be using a, a Cleto Reyes because those are the power punchers, those are the punchers gloves. And Everlast came out with uh, a while back, like a couple of years ago, like uh, a Reyes style glove. So maybe those um would uh would benefit him, but I definitely think he needs. He should look into somebody that could wrap his hands if 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 his hands are the ones that are hurting, or he's probably getting paid by them, <laughs> you know. And that's why he wears the gloves, you know. So anyway, um, I think it was a it was a great uh fight, uh between uh Canelo and uh Mosley. Um, again, I say it's it's not the same Mosley, but it was a great fight for Canelo. So um, it was a good fight. Now there was another fight on that night too, right? Yeah, there was another fight, but I didn't get to catch it, man. I didn't get to catch it. I was uh, somewhere else, and um, uh, when I got to my friend's house, I, I wasn't able to. Did you see it? You seen the whole card? No, I'm talking about the Mayweather Cotto one, goof. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the one we're going to talk about. That's the Mayweather Cotto fight. Um, a lot of uh, Cotto did uh, prove a lot of people wrong, and I was one of them, man. Uh, he went out there and uh, he uh, he did his thing, bro. All the way to, from round one and uh, to, to round twelve, I, I believe he had the condition that I felt he was lacking. I thought his uh, um, uh, condition was going to be his Achilles heel, and Mayweather was going to take care of him. But they went all twelve rounds. Even Mayweather said afterwards that he was a, a hard, hard guy to handle, and that uh, Cotto was uh, uh, giving him good shots and everything. So I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, uh, Koto, Koto obviously left the ring pissed because he, he, uh, thought he won, but I honestly, I don't think that was the case. Floyd had it all the way. Um, there were some close rounds, rounds where, uh, I thought Koto won. And it definitely wasn't how the scores, uh, scorecards had it. One, uh, two of them had it 117, 111. One was 118, 110, which was not the case. But anyway. Now it's off, uh, Mayweather's enjoying his, uh, vacation for now because he's really going to be going away. He's got 87 day, uh, jail sentence beginning on, uh, on, on June, June 1st. So, uh, he's going to have a lot of downtime and think about his next move and see, uh, uh, if what everybody wants is going to happen. Mayweather, uh, Pacquiao. And he would actually, uh, talked about that in his, uh, post fight conference. 
He said that the truth was that everybody's being fooled, that it's Bob Arum who's the middle, the, the man who's not making the, the fight happen. He told uh, everybody there that he would give uh, 50% of the 40 million that he, uh, Pacquiao would get. That he would wire him 20, $20 million in 48 hours. But, you know, it's, it's uh, Bob Arum that's holding up. So um, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, he, he wants everybody to make money. But he wants to make the most money, which is which is understandable. Yeah, I don't know how you can. I mean, I, I think that that should be a. Here's what I really think. I think I mentioned this before. I think it should be a forty forty split on the uh, on the, the purse, and then twenty twenty percent to whoever wins the fight. That then it's even, right? If you're good enough to to do that, and and you you know forty percent either way is going to be a big payday. But that extra twenty percent to the winner, there you go. Now you're talking about who's the best. Yeah, I believe I was the one who said that. But, no, you didn't uh, say that. You don't take, you know, we, can, we can go back to tape. No, no, Larry, I, I was the one who said it. You're crazy. Said it. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll see what happens, you know. We still got to wait and see and, and everything. But up next, we're going to have my friend, uh, Freddy Cuevas, on the show. Stay tuned. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. All right, all right, all right. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. This is the Fighters Corner, and we have a great fighter here with with us today. He's got a great amateur background. He's a great person, a good friend of mine. Um, been knowing him for uh, over fifteen plus years. Uh, he's an ex professional fighter. He be, actually beat 
Charles Murray, and he uh, uh, knocked out with Fredo Rivera, and he took Jermaine Taylor to a 12-round uh, decision. He also fought the Kasim Umas, King Sili Aikiklis, John Duddies, Mark Antonio Rubio. He is Alfredo Freddy Cuevas. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, what's happening, David? Thanks for having me on, bro. Not, not a problem, brother, man. Appreciate you being on the show. Well, you know, I gotta, I gotta talk a little bit about the Bulls with you. Uh, did okay. you watch it? Have you, have you been watching them or what? Of, of course, man. You, as you know, uh, uh, David, uh, what most people don't know is that basketball was actually my first love and I played all the way up to college basketball. And yeah, I did watch the Bulls. Uh, and you know what? Our hearts are still with them. We want them to win, but. We have to be we have to be honest with the situation. If they if they get past Philadelphia, um, it's going to be tough for them to get past the second round. And if they get past the second round, they're definitely not going to get past Miami. So we can cheer yeah. them on though, and and hope they do the best. Oh, we are, we are. Obviously, we are. And now, uh, obviously, I, you just said you played some college ball. Where did you play uh, uh, the college ball at? Well, I played basketball. Uh, at St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll say the years, which is going to say my people are going to do the math and figure out my age. Yeah. But uh, I, I played ball, and I was part of the uh, national championship in 1989. Uh, we, we won the, the NAIA national championship in, uh, at Kemper Arena in, uh, in Missouri. And... Uh, Unfortunately for me, because I was a transfer student, I was a redshirt sophomore. I was on the team, but I did not play. Uh, oh. But I do, I do have my ring to prove it, to prove that I was <laughs> on that team. And then uh, after that, that was my sophomore year. After that was when I came back to Chicago and left the basketball alone and picked up boxing gloves. And why, why did you do that? What made you take up boxing, bro? Well... You know, I was I was one of those guys that um, I, I I was a natural athlete. I loved sports. Uh, my father was into boxing, and we used to watch all you know all the fights. And I remember being a little guy. I mean, when I say little, I mean little. As far as I can remember, maybe five, six, seven years old. And I remember seeing Muhammad Ali fight. Still, you know, he was. I remember watching him lose to Leon Spinks, and then turn around and beat Leon Spinks again to become the world champion again. Uh, I remember seeing, you know, fights like Alexis Arguello against uh, Boom Boom Mancini uh, and, ever, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard losing to Roberto Duran, uh, Duran and Leonard, you know, all, all those great fights. And I, you know, I, I always loved boxing since then. And when I wanted to go get a way to do it, my mother wasn't having any part of it. And, um, and, and, and plus you're Mexican, so. And I'm Mexican. Yeah. And, and, I, and I did have an uncle, as a matter of fact, that fought in Mexico. One of my father's brothers fought in Mexico. Um, and so it's kind of like in the blood. I mean, as you said, I'm Mexican and, you know, most Mexicans have one of three things in their blood. Boxing, baseball, or soccer. And not necessarily in that order. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. right. Cocaine, too. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Nothing. I, I coughed. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, man! This guy is unbelievable. But anyway, back back to the theme. Now you said uh, you, that's been in uh, in you since you were a kid. You 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 like boxing and everything like that. 
Right. Where 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 did you where did you go? Where did you go to I'm sorry? Where did you go to 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 take up the sport? Okay, I, I went to high school uh, to Quigley Norris, and um, it was it was a, a, a kid that came in. He was a year behind me. His name was Alfonso Ortiz, and uh, turns out he was a boxer. So I, at that time, I was fifteen, sixteen years old, and I, I thought, wow, you know, maybe I can, you know, finally get a chance to to at least you know go give it a shot, you know, try it out. So when I was sixteen, uh, I, I I asked him, you know, could can your dad, you know, look, you know, I want to start training a little bit. And so I was old enough that I was able to sneak around behind my mom and dad's back. My dad didn't mind it when I, when I asked him what I was, when I was smaller, but my mom wasn't having it. So at 16, I snuck off in the summer between my junior and senior year of high school at Humble Park, which mm-hmm. is where they were training at. So, you know, I had a summer job and uh, what, what, what I used to do was after the summer job, I would get off at the bus stop on Diversity and Western, and Alfonso and his dad would pick me up there. So they'd pick me up and take me to Humble Park, and that was my first experience with boxing, which was at 16. It didn't last very long because I couldn't keep it behind my parents' back and be consistent with it. So, um, you know, and at that, I was, I was getting looked at by colleges to play basketball and baseball. So when, when school started, I just left the boxing alone with what little experience of, you know, just working in the mirror and hitting the heavy bag. Um, I focused on my schoolwork and on, on basketball and baseball. So, again, then I took off. I played basketball for two years. I, I, uh, was, my arm was hurt, so I couldn't play baseball. I was a pitcher. Came back after my sophomore year. Didn't go back to school. Um, didn't exactly have the best grades. I wasn't the most focused student. I was more focused on two things, which was sports and girls. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, that ain't going to cut it. So <laughs> I started working. I started where he, he got me a job working uh, in telecommunications uh, when I was 20 years old. And so I started working. And for the first time in my life, I wasn't doing anything uh, athletic. So I called Alfonso. And I said, hey, I, I, I'm not doing anything. I want to take up boxing. So that's basically when I started. I started right. at 20 at years, old, years old, and uh, I was amateur for, you know, about five, five years. I turned pro right after my, my 25th birthday. I, I won one state uh, Golden Gloves championship in the novice division and two open division champion, championships, which you were a part of both of them. Right. <laughs> we went to the Nationals <laughs> together. Yeah, and then... Uh, I, I felt I was getting old, you know, and I really wanted to try and make that 96 Olympic team that you were a part of, mm. but it was either try and make that team or go pro, and I did a little bit of soul searching, and I decided that, you know, I was getting a little bit too old to stay amateur, and so I just went ahead and turned pro at 25. There you go, there you go, and you had a great, and you had a great career at, uh, and in the pros, you ended up fighting and beating Charles Murray and Rafael Rivera. I remember that Rafael Rivera, you knocked him out, right? Yeah, I, I actually was yeah. the first one to knock him out. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't technically knock him out. I TKO'd him, but that was because his corner threw in the towel. Uh, I had dropped him really bad, and then when he got up, I went to finish him off, and he fell right into my arms and then back to the floor. He was in bad shape. 
had his corner not stopped the fight, I, I would have de- definitely knocked him out. But I'm glad that it didn't get to that because I seriously hurt him or anybody in the ring. Yeah, man. And and then you end up uh, fighting um, Jermaine Taylor. And you took him for 12 rounds. But this was Jermaine Taylor at when he was the champ, when he was up and coming and he, he was already right. a, a champion made in, in that division and you took him 12 hard rounds. You actually staggered well, him, staggered him, I believe if it was in the ninth round that you staggered yeah, him was, a little bit. It was up there in the later rounds. Um, you know, again, we all know the politics and the dirty business of boxing. Um, it's the only sport that I know of in which when you do something good, instead of getting rewarded, you get, uh, um, you, you seem to get uh, uh, in trouble or, or you don't get rewarded, you seem to get penalized. When yeah. I knocked out Wilfredo Rivera, I took that fight on two and a half weeks' notice. Um, and again, I was 32, so I was, I was, it was urgent for me to start being noticed. And when uh, I was called you know, and, and given that opportunity, I jumped on it. And... Um, he, at the time, I want to say he was ranked number two or three in the world, and they were trying to use me as uh, a tune-up fight for him to get a shot at the world title against Fernando Vargas, who was the champion mm. at the time. And so when I knocked him out, I completely expected to get an opportunity, and my trainer and manager, Alfonso Ortiz, pushed for it. He was like, hey, you know, my guy just beat the next guy that was supposed to be in line. Why don't, you know, he should get the shot. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't do it, you know. So instead of getting rewarded, the 154-pound division would not touch me. Uh-huh. I, I could not get or secure a title shot at 154 pounds. So they offered me a fight with Jermaine Taylor at 160 pounds, and again, I was 32, 33 years old now, and I, I, I said, you know, I, I got to take what, whatever they're giving me. So I went ahead and took, and took that, 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 that chance, and I went into his hometown. I was a severe underdog. Nobody expected me to go, you know, not even, even five or six rounds against him. And, you know, what, what most people don't know is, you know, I was a natural junior middleweight, 154 pounder. As a matter of fact, I weighed 152 pounds when I fought Rivera. When I went into the Taylor fight, I weighed 158 pounds. He weighed in at the limit of 160. Mm -hmm. The day of the fight, I weighed 163, and he weighed 176. He had had an upwards of 13-plus pound weight advantage on me. And you could see the difference. I mean, you could see the difference. When I looked across that ring, I was like, Jesus, Lord have mercy. (laughs) Who is that? I said, that's not the guy that weighed in yesterday. You know, he was, he, he seemed to to have almost doubled in size to me. And, you know, but at that point, what are you going to do? You're in the ring, the contract is signed and it's, and it's time to get it on. So, you know, I did the best that I could. I, I tried to force the issue. He had the height advantage. He had the reach advantage. He had the weight advantage. And, you know, I did stagger him. I did stagger him, and it was towards the end of, you know, up in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, uh, when I, you know, I knew I heard him because I, I saw his legs buckle, and then he immediately started backing up into the ropes. When I followed him to the ropes, I think I was able to get two or three more punches off before the bell rang, and, you know, that was my window of opportunity. Had that 
And I heard him earlier in the round, let's say in the first 30 seconds or the first minute of the round, I think I would have finished him off. And, you know, you can see when I saw the fight on video, his corner let him have it between rounds. Oh, yeah, um, it's getting pumped up. I remember right. that. And like, they let him have it. They said, hey, you know, you, you didn't fight the full round and you got caught. And so the rest of the fight, he, he was on his bicycle using that long jab on me. Yeah, man. That is true. I seen that fight, and I was yelling at the screen once you heard him. But uh, yeah. hang on for a little bit, another second, another segment. We're gonna be right back when we're still speaking to Freddy Cuevas. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up, speak up, or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. All right, all right. Thanks for tuning in to Outside the Ring. This is a championship round. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate a person that uh, is a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Frankie Tafoya. He graduated from college on Cinco de Mayo. So me and the wife uh, were with him and his family and friends. And, you know, everybody who was there was uh, very proud of him. And I want to tell him we're all very proud of him for uh, accomplishing that. You know what they say, you know, you kill two birds with one stone, and his family celebrated his graduation in Cinco de Mayo, man. They wanted to get me tore up, but I was like, no, I got to go. I got to get out of here. That's why I was late, and I couldn't see the rest of the fights at my friend's house. But anyway, we still have on the show uh, Freddy Cuevas. So, Freddy, we were just talking about your, your amazing fight with uh, uh, Jermaine Taylor and the great fight against uh, Wilfredo Rivera. Now, um, 
How long has it been since you uh, hung up the gloves, brother? Um, I can't believe it, but it's it's going to be exactly four years uh, in June. Um, and it's just, I can't believe that, that it's been that long. Um, I miss fighting dearly. And, you know, but, you know, I know that uh, it, it's, 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 it's a tough sport. It's a young man's sport. I'm still a young man, but not young enough to, to, to lace the gloves back on. Come on, Freddie. Freddie, Freddie you are not young. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're an old I'm a young you're, man. We I'm did a young, the math hey, after I you told us when you graduated. Everywhere I go, brother. Yeah, hey, you heard, Freddie? You messed but, it up once you told us you, when you graduated. So <laughs> you're an old man, dude. You're an old I'm, man. I'm an but, older man. I'm an uh, older man. I'm a mature oh, man. There you go. There you go. But so, what is it now that you're doing, bro? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm doing I'm doing a little bit of everything. Um, I'm I'm training. I'm a personal trainer as far as you know fitness, but I'm also uh, I train fighters, uh, both amateur and pro. Uh, I, I help people lose weight. Uh, I know a lot about nutrition, about conditioning, about weight loss, and of, of course. I definitely know, you know, about boxing. So, um, so I, I do that. Uh, I'm also coaching high school baseball at Walter Payton High School. As a matter of fact, we have a game in about two two and a half hours. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I train people over. There's a, a gym over on Ninth and State called LA Boxing. And uh, I'm as of now, I work. I'm working uh, with Paul Littleton as his head trainer. I've been working with him for about a month. And I work with, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw uh, Carlos Molina get robbed and jabbed over in Texas. I'm, I work with him with his strength and conditioning and also, uh, you know, as his, as his advisor, whenever he has any questions, he, he always comes and asks me, and I'm more than happy to, uh, to help him out any way I can. He's, you know, he's a Chicago guy, and, you know, not only a Chicago guy, he's a Chicago Mexican guy. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's a yeah. he's a hard worker and a good guy. I had him on the show as well, um, yeah. but and yeah, and, and and that's when he told us here that uh, you were his uh, strength trainer and and you know helping him out with it in that department. Right. But also, yeah. why why uh, we uh, Larry was able to uh, have uh, be here and um, be here with us was because of what you also do just for fun, just for kicks, and that's. Run marathons because Larry does the same, you know. Yep, I'm Larry's a marathon a top runner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, like I said, I've I've always I was one of those guys that I was just born to be an athlete. You know, I've I've oh I know beat I've <laughs> beat my body to crap. You know, and uh, I'll be doing my fourth marathon this October. You know, because I I just vowed I vowed that when I would hang up the gloves, I wasn't gonna just. Lay, you know, lay around and become a fat slob like a lot of... Hey, hey, easy, you know? easy, <laughs> easy, 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 hey, don't be calling hey, hey, me a don't fat slob. Personal. Don't get personal, but uh, no, you know, and I, you know, I just always love sports, I love being active, I love to stay in shape, I, you know, I lo- I'm a single guy, so I gotta stay looking good, you know what I'm saying, uh, and so yeah, I, I do a lot of marathons, half marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks, and uh, that's that's where I'm at these days. You don't do the 20K, huh? That's, uh, my, that's my specialty. I do the 20K. Long oh, distance. is that what you do? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 the, I the, think the reason I've never done one is because I've never seen one. Well, it's a select group. They don't. They only oh. send it to certain people, so. 
Okay, I, I get you. I got it. It's by invite, invitation only. Invite only, yep. I got it. I got it. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing these days. Uh, I, I'm a summer guy. I love the summer, the hot weather. Do not like the winter. The only thing that keeps me sane in the winter is uh, NFL football. So the Bears better turn it around this year. I think we might have lost David. David, you there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost we him. We may have lost him. Oh, man. The, the champ on his own show, huh? Yeah. Huh. What is so anyway, uh, Fred, you have... Hey, can you guys hear me? There you go. Yes. All right, well, I'm, I'm doing it like this. Well, um, Freddie, like what I was going to say, what's been your fastest time in the marathon? You know, unfortunately, I've done three, and I have not been able to do one of them where I was not injured. Um, my fastest excuses, time... Excuses, excuses. You are a fighter. My fastest <laughs> time is three. Well, that's why I, I kept... I did them anyway, injured or not. I did them anyway. Um, I, my, my fastest is three hours and 45 minutes, uh, which, you know, I was well on my way to, um, I believe it or not, I, I still can't beat my dad's time. My dad did, did it in three and a half hours twice, and he was 54 years old when he did it. But uh, the one year that I did my best of 345, I actually got hit by a car earlier in that summer riding my bicycle. And so I ended up with um, a lot of bumps and bruises and uh, several stitches on my left shoulder from going through the windshield. And that's why, be, that's why I tell people, don't run and don't ride your bike. Don't right. do it. It's dangerous. Don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was, I was doing cross-training, doing a lot of running and a lot of biking. After I got hit in July, my doctor told me I cannot do anything physical. I can't be you know, out there because it, for a fear that it would affect uh, any any um, financial you know money that that I would have gotten in court because if the insurance people see me out there running they'll be like hey there's nothing wrong with him so I had to take all the rest of July and all of August off so I took about six and a half weeks off of my training you know you're on the internet and it stays on yeah forever. you're in trouble now man they're coming after you brother. <laughs> So anyway, I, uh, um, uh, 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 Larry, Larry, what do you think your your best marathon is going to be? How many uh, beers can you, you know, I mean, chug down in four hours? Well, it's uh, I've I've really tried to perfect the craft, and I just feel like uh, I'm I'm on on route. I don't want to go into any detailed numbers or specifics, but I think I'm I'm uh, training well, and uh, I think in no time you'll see the difference in my performance. <laughs> Or in the shape of your body, right? <laughs> hey, I saw you recently, pal. Don't, don't give me a hard time. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Well, uh, Freddie, man, I, I want to thank you for uh, uh, joining us here today, man. And um, I appreciate it. And um, best of luck to you. Can you give us real quick, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how can they get a hold of you? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It was a pleasure. Um, and uh, I, can, I can be, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but the, the, gym, is called L, the, gym, the gym is called L.A. Boxing, and it's right at 9th and State. You could, you could look it up online, uh, just L.A. Boxing, South Loop, Chicago, and uh, you, know, you can contact the gym through there or through the website. And uh, you can ask for me directly if you're looking to uh, get in shape, if you're looking to improve your boxing, or do both. All right, brother. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate the time, bro. Thanks a lot. Larry, 
appreciate you being on the show again, brother, man. You got uh, it, man. Back to changing lives. Pick up the kids, man. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks All a right. lot. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us. Outside the Ring with David Diaz can be heard again next Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you next week.